So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Ms. H and I will be discussing Season 7, Episode 9 of Happily Ever After. In this episode, Samit tries to reconnect with his family, Yara and Jovi get to Prague, Michael tries to have a calm conversation with Angela, Kimberly doesn't like Usman's mom's plan for their future, Ed and Liz keep their fight going from last episode, and Shida tries to get Bilal's family on her side. As always, we'll end with our Students of the Week, Class Dunces, and Life Lessons. If you like what you hear, please give us a 5-star rating and subscribe. And if you also watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other channel, Love After Lockup MK, where we'll be covering the new season of Love During Lockup. Alright, thanks for listening, stay safe, and enjoy! Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are things with you? Uh, things are going pretty well. I got like, you know, lots of stuff coming up, busy, busy weekends coming up, and then we're going to ramp right in. I am already ready to ramp into the holiday season. So, <laughs> Well, Halloween is like, seriously one of my favorite like non-major holidays just because I find people's costumes to be very entertaining. So it's my favorite Facebook holiday. Oh, okay, sure. And you know what the thing about Halloween, though, is it's not like... It's not like you get together with your family and have a dinner. It's like it's like a strictly friends and kids holiday, right? Yes. And there's a comical element to it that I enjoy as well. Sure. Sure. Um, there's a comical element to a lot of these couples as well. Right. Um, so uh, which one? I have so many ones. Let's start with I, – I feel like we shouldn't have grouped these two together, but I'm going to start with Angela and Michael because whoever does Angela and Michael also gets Ed, so – that's a thing. Oh, we, I know, right? We get the two words. So I'll start with Angela. So we pick up again with Angela yelling and storming off at this restaurant. She's still trying to justify herself being a controlling monster and still also trying to cry her way into our sympathies. God. So Michael clearly has made mistakes too, though, because he keeps trying to follow her and talk to her and calm her down. And he says he wants to talk to her because they both made mistakes. And she's only talking about the mistakes that he made. Her one side of the story. So eventually he sits her down to tell her that, you know, he only reopened his Instagram to make money as an influencer because she cut him off and he has bills to pay and things like that. So he tries to explain that people need to make money. But according to her, she doesn't give a goddamn about money, bitch. Oh, God. Which I don't like. Great. You know who doesn't? You know who does give a goddamn about money? Uh, My grocer, the person right. I buy food from. The people that need it? Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> She says she's she says he's an untrustable opportunist. I don't think she knows what that word means. Yeah. And he can't possibly make money on social media because he's not interesting. So also, he has her blocked on there and can literally there can literally be no other reason that she would he would do that besides him flirting with other women. So he denies that he's even flirting with other women and then sits her down and calls her selfish because all this time she's been so mad at him maybe flirting with other women. She's been obviously flirting with this other man on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. So of course – but of course, according to her, that's not the same thing. Also, it's Michael's fault because apparently – he doesn't ask for enough nudes. And if he doesn't ask for enough nudes, what other option does she have but to flirt with another man on TikTok? Oh, God. So the way to do that um, – and the, the best thing to do is she wants him to do – she wants to take it, still take down his Instagram. She's stuck on that and then she drives off. 
So Michael now is starting to doubt his future in this relationship too. Like, what's the point of going to America if you're going to be treated like this all the time? Okay. So can you think of any other reasons? Because Angela cannot, cannot. Why you might block Angela on your Instagram besides you're flirting with other women? Um, yeah, because I think, like, what he is concerned about, I would think, is that, you know, it's not that she would see, just see the flirting. It's Correct. that she is going after these people. You yes. know, she is going to, like, comment, like, step off, stay away from my man, don't you ever talk to him, and basically scare off everyone. Yes, that's exactly my thoughts, drama. too. It's like, yes, yeah. I, if I'm trying to influence... What yes. I need to not happen is have the influenced have you dropping in their DMs and cussing at them. Right. <laughs> because that is exactly what you're going to be doing. she's unhinged. She really is. I mean, we've seen it, you know. But the thing that frustrates me about it, and it's like, I don't – it really is hard for me to watch her. I know at one point there was a petition – um, you know, to get her kicked off this show. And yeah. I mean, and she's not the only one. Ed's had a petition as well. But I mean, but I think people will petition against people that seem like abusers. And this episode, it made it pretty clear that, you know, she's an abuser. Yo, she, she is, absolutely. Is trying to control this man by any means necessary. And that means controlling him by money, you know, like. Mm-hmm. And then the thing that, you know, really frustrated me was, you know, this whole visa thing. You know, the money thing may or may not be working. She's actually getting some unintended consequences from this. You know, Mm -hmm. he's setting up an Instagram because she's not giving him money anymore. So she can no longer control him with money. So what can she control him with? The visa. She says that, you know, if you don't take it down, I'm going to take back the visa. And so, I mean, it's because the money thing wasn't working anymore. And so it's just like to try control people by dangling these things over their head it's abusive and it's just that's not love that's not a relationship anyone should be in and i'm glad that michael's kind of getting that hint like things aren't going to get any better when he goes to america but i don't think he's all the way there because america still is outweighing like the kind of life he's going to sure. live. He's a slave to her. It is so sad yeah. to me. Yeah. Like the fact that she made him quit his job so he could be emotionally available to her 24-7. You know, it's like, who does that? Right. And it's, I mean, it is classic when you say the abuser behavior. Um, have You've heard of DARVO. So DARVO, D-A-R-V-O, is mm-hmm. an abuser tactic. And it stands for deny, attack, reverse victim and offender. And Mm -hmm. that is literally what she's doing this entire time. She's denying what she's doing. She's attacking him and she's making herself the victim and him the offender, even though she's the one that's been controlling him this whole time. Right. Right. And all she wants, she's been spending this entire season on camera. He hurt me. I've been hurt. And what am I supposed to do when I've been hurt? Because he just hurt me. And this is how you treat somebody you love when they hurt. She's just making herself the victim Mm -hmm. when what she really wants is absolute control over this other person. Yeah. And so, yeah, it is textbook abusive behavior. And it, 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 it is getting tough to watch. Right. 
Right. So she and she's just not being reasonable through their conversations about everything. I mean, quite honestly, like if I was Michael, I mean, I think a reasonable compromise would be to have social media and keep her, you know, unblocked. But (sighs) I I mean, I understand why he's got her blocked. Right. And yeah. But at the same time, yeah, but you know, you're, you're, you can't make. But I mean, I think a better compromise would have been like if he needs money, he needs to get a different job besides Instagram influencer, right? I think yeah, there's got to be something that else he can still do. Still sucks, you know. It's like he's having to get another job because of what. And because here's the thing too, it doesn't matter what he does. That's if, true. Anything where he will encounter another female, you know, like Angela's gonna flip her shit because you know it's like. Remember, I mean, we go back to like the boat example. There happened to be a woman on the boat, not in their group, hanging out in the background of the picture. And she flipped out over that. Yeah, that's true. That's She's true. just an unreasonable person. You cannot reason with people like this. No, you can't. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so let's talk about some more maybe unreasonable people. Uh, Summit's family. But uh, Jenny and Summit are unpacking from their honeymoon and Summit is planning on meeting with his family. He had invited them to meet him out. He is also hoping to be back to work very soon. Summit is going to try to get his parents to accept him and Jenny's love. Uh, Jenny claims she has unpacking to do and cleaning, so she doesn't want to go with him to see his family. Summit says the goal is to get his relationship with his family to be how it was before the fight, and he hopes that he will get to meet up with them once a week like before. Jenny thinks this whole thing is just a big waste of time, and the situation is just old. I agree, Jenny. Mm -hmm. She thinks that since he made his decision to marry her, all of this should just be done. Summit knows his parents really love him, so his efforts will never stop, as he puts it. Summit meets with his brother, his sister-in-law, and his aunt. Summit asks them how his parents are if they're coming, and they are not coming to the meeting. Everyone just kind of awkwardly looks at the ground sullen, as Mr. O pointed out earlier just to me. For a good five minutes, we just get staring in their scenes. Uh, Summit is surprised his parents aren't there, and he's upset that he has to talk to his parents through his aunt. His aunt, Surat, says Samit's mom is in extreme distress and she is just doing very poorly. Surat claims that Samit's mom is always crying and she looks drunk or high. I don't know, because of how red her eyes are. Oh, her are. Red, her, her eyes are so red. That's what it was, right. yeah. And yeah. she looks insane, as Surat puts it. Surat says that he has the power to fix this. And his sister-in-law suggests that if they don't fix this now, things will only get worse. Summit tells them there is nothing left but to accept his marriage. He reminds them that he wasn't happy in his last marriage, and now he's happy. He's already tried to please his family by marrying someone else that they had approved of. Surat says that they are worried he won't have children in the future, and Summit assures her he will have children. Everyone, <laughs> including us, is shocked by this statement and asks if he's talked this over with Jenny, and Summit says, no, no. They point out that Jenny is too old to be taking care of a child, and how is going to t- uh, how is he going to take care of a child and Jenny? Because you know they always assume Jenny's too old to take care of herself. Samit says he will have a child if that will win over his parents. Samit says he doesn't actually want kids, but he's willing to adopt or do surrogacy if it will make his parents happy. 
Samit goes home and tells Jenny how it went, but is careful with his words because he doesn't want Jenny to think of his family negatively, and he also avoids telling her about the kid thing. He claims that neighbors and families are giving Samit's parents a hard time for Samit eloping. Jenny tells them that they all need to back off, which Samit says, that's not going to happen. So Jenny says it's time to go to America. Samit just says no. Jenny says they will be happy and accepted in America, and it's time for Samit to make a sacrifice for her. Samit thinks running away from their problems is not the answer, especially because it's harder to mend fences if there's a greater distance. He also thinks that his parents will think she is trying to take him away from them. All right, so what do you predict will be Jenny's reaction when Samit tells her they gotta have a kid? I believe I said it out loud when I was watching the show. I was like, she's going to laugh at him. Like, <laughs> she's just going to like, because I don't even, what was, I, was his plan that he's actually going to have a kid with Jenny? That can't possibly be the plan. No, like, no, he, I don't even think that was the plan. That. Like, they were going to adopt a kid. Yes, oh, he said surrogacy. adopt. Surrogacy. As like an egg donor, right? Like It would I, have to be an egg donor. Yeah. It wouldn't right. even be, it would definitely not be her child in that, no, in that no, circumstance. No, no. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and so- it was just – well, I mean, I guess it could do like in vitro with – yeah, with egg donor or the person – or the surrogate. But it was like, no. She does – she made very clear that she's retired and she's done doing all that stuff. Right. Like it, that has not been a secret on her part. He no. was just – I mean, he was just in the mode where he was like, I'll say anything I have to – I can say. I'll say anything that will help. Like I'll just – I'll throw it at the wall, whatever sticks. But yeah. I really wanted to – I really wanted to tell her. I wanted to uh, laugh at that. There is one thing to have a child because your partner would make them happy. It is yes. entirely another to have a child to make your parents that aren't even living with you or contributing or taking care of this kid, you know, to make them happy. But I don't know. Maybe if they did have a kid, their parents would move in with them. Who knows? But I, I don't even think the parents would accept Given the way that they've handled everything else, I don't think they would accept an adopted child. I don't know if they would no, accept. I don't think they would either. A surrogate I, I, child. Based on based on what I'm I'm doing, they're, they're def, they definitely seem to be the kind of people that we've seen many times on this show. Where like, nope, blood child, blood blood children is all that counts. That's all. Right. Now, right. A surrogate. Perhaps I don't know because I don't know if that would be considered they, they like. They would a, probably like that because they would just be like, "Oh, well, someone else Jenny. is the mom. Jenny yeah. is not the mom. <laughs> Jenny is not the mom." So I could yeah. see them liking that Jenny is not the mom, but not right. liking that it's not a wife that's the mom. Right. right? Yeah. So I don't yeah. know how it goes, but I can't tell you for sure because if if they're talking about this story correctly, then their entire culture is baffling to me. The idea that like if if I I. I if somebody I knew – I knew someone, someone I considered a friend, someone I considered a neighbor and their children got married to somebody weird, I can't imagine in a million years picking up the phone and be like, yo, what the fuck's up with that? Why did your kid marry an old lady? The shit, man. Like, and they're like, like their phone is ringing nonstop with people being like, yo, dude, what the fuck? Like, what? Yeah, that did seem very odd to me, but I don't know. if. Okay, but – Let's envision this. If you got a bunch of like, can you imagine a neighborhood of Samit's mom? Like every household has a Samit mom. Like I could see that happening. But Samit's mom, I don't get the gossipy part of it. I get the judgy part of it from Samit's mom. Yes. 
I don't get the 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 part of you know I, I could see it being like oh we're totally embarrassed in the thing we're not getting invited to the the barbecues anymore like people are just writing us off that's one thing that's that's the kind of American shunning that I'm used to <laughs> but to like call them up and be like hey we heard your son eloped with an oldie like. <laughs> I'm going to just calling to make fun of you um, and until you cry. Like, that's so weird. Yeah, that is very bizarre. Yeah, I didn't get when she was saying that, too. But, you know, but they're just all very overdramatic. Right? They're so, so overdramatic. So it's, so it's like hard the, to the entire say. family, because the mom is just like, you know, the mom is the kind of person who's like, just take a knitting needle out and stab me in the heart right now because you've <laughs> murdered me by marrying this woman. And the aunt is just like, your mom's head is spinning around like a tornado. And <laughs> she is yeah. insane. <laughs> and this is you and only you can do anything about it. And it's like, but the thing is, is like they say only you can do anything about it, but there's only one thing they want him to do about it. Like, right. Divorce her. Yeah. That's like. That, that's why they say it's only you. We can't do anything. She can't do anything because the only thing that's acceptable is he divorces. Yeah. And like he don't acknowledge that. It just – I mean I'm definitely on Team Jenny with the – seriously, you're, you you didn't take what they said and did seriously yet. You're going to keep at that because I'm also kind of with Team Jenny too. Like why would his mom ever relent why would his mom ever change her mind? Why would his mom ever be like, well, okay, if he's constantly poking her on the shoulder and be like, can I come back now? Can I come back now? Can I come back now? Because she knows he still wants – okay, he hasn't gone away yet. So eventually he'll he'll be the one who who breaks. Okay. And so it's, it's just like a terrible strategy. And of all, you think like Jenny's strategy seems okay to me, something worth trying. Maybe if you move to America, she'll be like, oh, shit, he might actually leave. Yeah, I know, like, right? Now maybe I'll change my mind and say Jenny's okay, come back. I'm like, I don't know. I almost want to say that Smith probably wouldn't even want to come to America even if his parents died of old age. No, and that is – that is another issue. And and I it, I, I – I'm on her too. Like she, she made a sacrifice, and it's one of those things. That's like he won't even visit. That's the right. point that bothers me the most. He won't even like come like sick for six months or for the ninety days that he can get a visa. Yeah. He's like, nope, nope, never leaving India. Not gonna happen. Yeah, like, that's crazy. Yeah. So, um, more crazy. <laughs> well, let's go with the kind of crazy where people expect things that are clearly not going to happen, and it's going to be Bilal and Shida. Oh goodness! All right. So we may begin with Bilal and Shada doing their morning prayers because it is the first day of Ramadan. So they spend quite a while explaining what Ramadan and fasting is to us. And then we skip to sundown so we can actually see them eat their big meal. So they invited Bilal's family over. So they bicker a little bit while they're making dinner about Bilal getting the wrong kind of cream. And Shida tells us about how often, because she called it what, like full cream or something like that? Yeah. And it was just like, I want cream, like, you know, cream, just cream. He got like whipped cream. And he was like, she was like, yeah. dude, cream. Um, anyway, so how he corrects her on her dialect uh, a lot. Like she'll say something like, oh, do you want me to hot your food? And he's like, speak correctly. It's heat up your food. So anyway, once Bilal leaves, producers ask her about the whole baby thing. And she says it's a forbidden topic right now. It seems now that Bilal can't really win the argument in favor of them waiting to try to get pregnant. Instead, they just won't have that discussion. So she doesn't really know where they stand. She is hoping to talk to his sister Nefertari and his mom about it. 
hoping that they'll influence him. I'm not quite sure what evidence she has that they won't be on 100% of his side, but all right. So after the meal, everyone is super quiet because the food is so good. And then they start making small talk about how things are going with her um, yoga business that she's setting up and how they're doing living together and being married for the first time. And it's because it's her first Ramadan together. Sinefitari asks how things are going now that they're married. And Shida says... This is her opportunity. So she says she'd like to start a family. And Bilal is just like, we have a family. Ah, terrible. So he also tries to point out that, you know, it's not a big rush. Nefertari had her child at 43, which implying they still have time to decide. Even though when he talks about the child, they literally refer to it as a miracle child. So anyway, Nefertari asks him for his ideal timeline, and he says eh, maybe two to three years, which would get him in at just under that 40-year barrier. So Shida is frustrated that he just keeps punting on the issue and doesn't want to engage with what the doctor told her about her rapidly declining fertility. After dinner, she tells the women relatives about what the fertility doctor said about the percentage of a situation, although I think she interpreted interpreted it differently than me because she said five percent chance I can get pregnant, and I thought he said five percent chance every cycle, which is <laughs> very different. Mm-hmm. So they are surprised that her chances are so low. But Shida tells them that even though she wants children, even though he says he wants children, Bilal is not showing it with his actions. They really don't have much feedback, any more feedback back than everybody else. Just kind of like. Uh, this sounds like a conversation you need to have with Bilal, even though he's refusing to have it. So she says she's going to need to, he's going to need to fight his fears and face the music or else there might not be a later for this conversation. All right. So, oh my God. It, are we, it, any chance that Vic is resolved in by the end of the season that we have any kind of resolution? Are we just going to be circling this drain for another six episodes i don't know i think it really depends on how much conviction that shida has in this because i think Bilal has made it pretty clear like what he wants and he's gonna be super stubborn about it and the thing is is that no answer should be an answer for her if it truly is a deal breaker and so that's why i say i think it depends on how much conviction she has mm-hmm. if he is going to refuse to give her the yes and not a maybe Let's wait. If he refuses to give her a yes, she needs to bounce now. I mean, at minimum, she needs to be freezing her eggs, right? So that way, while they're figuring this out, that this isn't something where she's going to have regret later because, you know, she's with another partner who's ready to have kids and now it's too late. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely not something – you can wait on. Yeah, yeah. It's not something you can you can just like, well, we'll wait till he comes around because by the time he comes around, I, mean, I just I it continuously never feels like this two or three years that he says is not a rolling two to three years. And in two years from now, he's gonna still say two to three years. Sure. And here's the thing. So I paid attention to their ages when they had their title card on this one because they said she was 37. And I was kind of like, I I thought she was like 38, but whatever. She's 37 on the title card and he is 44 on the title card. Uh And I was like, hold up. He's 44. I thought he was like four in his early 40s, but okay, 44, which is fine. It's not a big deal. But this guy wants to wait until he's 47 to be a new dad again. Yeah. I don't think he would choose that, right? 47. I don't think anyone is 
choosing that as opposed to being a 44-year-old dad, right? Most people are going to be like, 40s are starting to get a little bit older. You know, I think I'll have a little bit more energy at 44 than 47, you know, and it's just like, no, this guy is just wasting time at this point because I don't think he would choose 47 as being his preferred timeline for, you know, being a new dad. Yeah, I mean, I don't think people necessarily think that far ahead because I don't know but I, I definitely I definitely when I had my children was definitely like, all right, 20 years. Like, where right. am I going to be in 20 years? Because that's mm-hmm. that's what I got to think about, right? I don't think – yeah, and I think if he thinks about it, I think you're going to hear that pretty soon. If he, I think you're going to hear the conversation shift from, oh, we're just getting to know each other. We shouldn't rush. We should wait two or three years to all of a sudden him being like, uh, this kid's going to graduate college when I'm 70? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I don't know about that, right? <laughs> right. And it's just like, oh, my goodness. And then – the other thing is, it's like, okay, so she was talking about Bilal being, like, a huge pain in the ass, like, when it came to, like, correcting her for everything, oh, right? That was, oh, man, that infuriated me. Right. I feel bad for her, but it's like, why would you want this to be the father of your children? It's just going to get worse. Oh, yeah, and I, I'm I'm very big on, and because I, I 100% am on her team. She's speaking mm-hmm. the appropriate dialect that she grew up speaking in Trinidad, and he needs right. to let her speak her own di- dialect. She's not wrong. Right. Any more than somebody's wrong when they, you know, when when somebody says, ask you a question. Right. It's like if that's what you grew up and that's the accent you have, that's the accent you have. That's the right. that's the speech pattern you use. You don't say stop and speak correctly. That makes you a pedant right. and an asshole. Sure. Because I think there's one way to say it. you can be like, oh, that's funny. In America, we say heat up our food. Yes. So, you know, she chooses that she wants to, you know, communicate with Americans the American way, as he's putting it. Then, like, she has that option. But, I mean, what she's saying is not that, like, crazy where it's like you can't understand what she's saying. I could yeah. tell what she was trying to get across. It reminds me of, like, when I'm in Australia, they say takeaway instead of takeout. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, take away. And it's like, I'm like, I wouldn't, I would never think of telling an Australian person, stop, that is wrong. You must say take out. Like, right. I know you what you got meant. what they're like, trying to say. Who yeah. cares? <laughs> right. Yeah. And so it is, it is pedantic and annoying. And I mean, but it fits right in with him. Like that, yeah. that very much in character. Right. And then I was thinking about like their whole situation in the first place, right? His whole thing is like, Let's wait to have kids because we don't want to have this added stress in our life right now. We want like this honeymoon phase. We want to really like establish this like loving relationship. And it's like, how are you this? What your ideal is, is not happening because now you're fighting over when you're going to have kids, if you're going to have kids. And it's like this honeymoon phase that you're envisioning isn't happening because you're not addressing this other thing. And you're basically ignoring her wants and needs. Yeah, but but yeah, I mean, it just seems it's not all that different from the Jenny and Summit. One of their fights, their their mm-hmm. lower level fight where he needs to keep working and she's retired, right? Yeah. That kind of thing. It sounds like he wanted his second child-free marriage where he just gets to have all the, you know, fun parts of being married and enjoying your partner and romantic times and not have to do the work of raising kids because he already did that, right? Yeah. But yeah, it is completely pushing her concerns just 
all right. the way off to the I side. mean, there were there are people out there for him. You could have dated someone who didn't want to have children. People in their late thirties that have, are not interested in having children from right, this point on. You could on. have yes. dated someone older who is past that phase. Uh, you could have, you know, dated someone that already has children of their own, so they also, you know, don't feel a need to have more children. I mean, there's plenty of options, but to me, it's such a terrible thing for him to do to rob her of her, like, last child's bearing years, you know, for him to not give her what she wants. Or be upfront about where he stands. Right. It's this right. dragging her along, this, 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 yeah, that, that, you know, teasing her along and just bringing her along. That, that's the, that makes it so bad. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to a couple that does have a child, uh, Yara and Jovi. They're getting ready to leave for Europe together. Yara ended up waiting for Jovi uh, to come back from work because she saw how concerned he was. And she also thought that Jovi could help out with Mila. Miss Gwen, Jovi's mom, comes over with Stella the dog, and they all pack up their five suitcases. Jovi admits that he has learned no Russian words because he has Yara, and Gwen asks if he plans on talking to Yara's mom, and Jovi claims if she wants to talk, she can learn English. Gwen is very nervous for them, and she's really scared for their safety and for Yara wanting to stay in Europe. Yara says the plan is to spend some time with her mom, and after, she may try meet up with her friends in Germany. Gwen says her goodbyes at the airport, which makes Mila cry. Yara is excited about this trip, but she doesn't let it show because, as she says, she's Ukrainian. Yara is scared what Europe will be like when they land. They meet Olga, Yara's mom, at the airport, where she is crying from happiness. Mila is asleep, so Olga thinks that she's nice. Olga is thrilled to see all of them, and she admits to us that she wants Yara to stay with her in Prague. Jovi is feeling like he's on vacation, and he's ready to drink, but not before he drives. He can't seem to figure out how to get the car started, which Yara laughs at. Olga and Yara keep talking about Jovi in Russian, and Jovi thinks that they shouldn't talk about him at all in Russian, especially if he can't understand what's going on. They get to the hotel, and Jovi is already drinking a beer. Yara is, help uh, is happy that her mom is helpful, and she's helping so much with Mila already, and you know, in a way that she kind of hoped Gwen would be like. Yara wants to be able to help her friends still in Ukraine. Uh, Jovi is thrilled uh, that they talk about uh, Olga coming to the U.S. to be Mila's nanny, but Olga doesn't want to come to America on a refugee visa because she says she can't return to her country for 10 years. Yara is torn because she likes her life in the U.S., but seeing her mom, she wants to stay here with her friends and family. All right. Uh, I'm sure you have opinions on Jovi's resistance to learning a different language and then also yeah. insisting that they speak English. Yeah, that's the part. It's, it's like, him. OK, yeah. If you want to not learn a language, great. You then you've given up all rights to complain when you can't understand what other people <laughs> right. are saying. Like, nope. There you go. I mean, it's one thing if you're like. You know, it's somebody that you just met. You don't have it. You have never had an opportunity to learn the language. Him and Yara have been together for a long time. Yeah. Like he's had plenty of time to learn some Ukrainian. Yes. Some. some. A little. Yeah. Something. Something like, like even Libby, she she talks about how I mean, and granted her and Andre have been together longer, but I mean, she can understand it fine. She just can't speak it very well. Yes, and she, but she, but and she, but she at least attempts to speak it, right? Mm -hmm. She to to Andre's dad when he was when right. he was there, right? Sure. She's trying to speak to speak to him in um Romanian, and but 
yeah, Jovi's just like, nah, she wants to talk to me. She can speak English. And it's like, okay, then she doesn't want to talk to you. And then he's like, well, why does she want to talk to me? It's like, well, we've established that she's only allowed to talk to you in English. So there we go. It's just, it's, I don't know. And I wouldn't say it's, it's bonkers because it is hard to go to Europe and, you know, there's like, you go in like, you know, hundred miles in any direction and run into like 12 different languages. Oh, sure, right? sure. And so I get like, cause yeah, cause it, you, Ukrainian, great. That would help with, with, you know, with Yara and her mom, but they're not in Ukraine. Like right. they're in, they're in Czechia. So you're going to hear Czech, you're going to hear Polish, you're going to hear German. Like, they're all, like you're not necessarily going to hear like much Ukrainian. But, you know, I also think there is uh, a lot of um, language relationships, you know, because uh, my friend, she's Bosnian and she can understand like Ukrainian, Russian. I mean, she, she knows there's some words that she doesn't know because they say it differently. But I mean, there's a bunch of languages that she knows and she'll know which language it is and she'll basically get the general idea of a conversation without mm-hmm. ever having to study you know she never studied these other languages. yeah which is which is i mean it just that's weird to me specifically as a native english speaker right because we don't have anything like that unless you consider australian or english no but no i think i i literally looked it up i was thinking about it like a, mm-hmm. a couple of days ago the closest the closest language to english is dutch and i've heard people speak dutch I got nothing. It, I know, right? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah. What about that Pennsylvania Dutch? That's kind of near you too, right? That's just German. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. The Pen- Pennsylvania Dutch is just, a, it's just a, it's a, it's a dialect of German mm-hmm. um, from the, it's not even, it's not even Dutch at all, but that's oh, okay. in, in, that's only in like Lancaster and like you barely ever hear it. Like you, if you go to the Amish market, you might hear it, mm-hmm. but um yeah, I don't know. And I just I, I'm not appreciating the kind of backdoor thing we're getting here. And it's like what Jovi's mom and Jovi are both worried about that she's gonna be like, Oh yeah, I like it here. Let's uh just stay. Let's just stay. We'll move yeah. here now. Yeah, I mean it I don't think she would because there's so much that goes into it. You know, it's like to be yeah. legal, you know, and like visa status and like uh having Mila and Jovi uh, get visas to be able to stay where they're at. Like, how are they going to make money? You know, uh, Jovi still needs to be able to work. And I think that, I don't know. I guess it could work because the nature of his job. I had a friend who um, she was uh, married to for a very brief amount of time. Uh, a guy who worked on like a oil rig type situation. Not an oil rig. I think he looked worked on a ship or something. So he okay. worked like three months on or something one month off or something like that so she would see him every like two or three months for a month at a time but he was belgian so he would like come here and just like you know be on a visitor visa for 30 days because he could so i could kind of see like jovi going to work and then you know going to another country for like 30 days when he has off and then going back to work and you know because as you and i think yours pointed this out before previously it's like if Jovi's gone when he's at work, like really gone, why does it matter where Yara lives? Right. And I can see them doing like when Jovi goes to work, I'm in Europe. And then yeah. when he comes back, I go back and we live in New Orleans or, you know, yeah, wherever they live. That, that would make sense. But like 
I think she's also going to be like, when you're at work half the time anyway, why does it matter where we are? You can go yeah. to work from you can go to work from Europe just like you can go to work from America. And I yeah, don't know that that's right. true because I think he works in Central and South America, so it's a lot more <laughs> to go back and forth to Europe than it is to go back and forth to the Southern U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it just I don't know. And it, it, it it, it does seem to make sense. But I also think there's a little bit of it. Like she said, she hadn't seen her mom in like two and a half years. Yeah. And I think when you have that and you're there for the first like week and couple weeks, it's like, oh, this is great. It's just like home. We should just stay here. And then I think if you're there for like after a month and a half, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm living with my mom again. Right. <laughs> well, she might like it because it seemed I think she lived with her mom before she even came here. But also like, you know, the fact that Olga is going to be helping and yeah. without having to be asked what to do, you know, it's just all good. Yeah, just and I think, I think that that is, as a change, good for mm-hmm. her. And she's like happy with that. But it's one of those things that I feel like the more it happens, the more she's going to be like, oh, yeah, there are drawbacks to this, too. She's doing a bunch of shit with my kid that I didn't want her to do. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> and she's just doing it without being asked. And like, yeah. so, uh, like, I could see it going, you know, that getting kind of well i think that happens if there's like differing styles right like i think that's why there's a lot of conflict between you know uh moms and uh mother-in-laws right because moms tend to have an idea of how kids should be raised which may not necessarily have been the same as their mother lines up with the way they were raised with their mom and then their mother-in-law did it a different way yeah Yeah, because like my sister and her mother-in-law their thing is like sugar my my sister doesn't give a crap about what sugar my niece has but her mother-in-law is very much like more strict about sugar and so her mother-in-law is always like well i don't think she should be having that you know and blah 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 and she's very kind of vocal about you know the judgment of sugar and that bothers my sister so they don't see eye to eye with that you know right 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 all right so Let's go on to my last people. Oh, Ed and Liz. Oh, goodness. Oh, my goodness. This was... Okay. So, Ed, Liz is broken up and calling a friend to find to try to find a place to crash. So, she cries her way. We're still, like, at night. She left Ed's place. It's a whole thing. Yeah. She's the engagement know how she party can, night. The engagement party night. We're still on that. So, on the way, she... She does go back to look for the ring because it has at least monetary, if not sentimental value. So we go back to the fence where she left the phone and soon she's climbing over some poor person's fence and climbing into their bush. Clearly marked private property. (laughs) Yes, it says private right behind the private property sign. She does find it pretty quickly, though. So she gets back in the van, the production van in tears. So she meets with her friend Tawny, who she calls her best friend and who is, in not so many words, tells her she needs to throw this loser to the curb. <laughs> so loser Liz tells us that she's starting to second guess this rela- – she's starting to second guess oh this relationship. My God. At this point, haven't you already broken up? I'm I so they were confused by up. this timeline, but they're not acting like it. So and she says if they break up this time, there's no try number nine. But they're both the kind of people that say stuff like that's it. We're done. And they don't mean it. Like even (sighs) Ed says that. Like we see this the next morning. Ed is like, oh, we were both pretty drunk last night and said some things. So I don't know where we stand. And it's like, I feel like you both said you were done. Yeah, I know. Right. Anyway, it seems like Liz is back home and Ed's starting the fight again. So he's telling her that he tells her that he's not comfortable with her having certain people in her life. So he doesn't want to decide their future based on last night, and they certainly have issues they need to work on. And I don't – these issues seem to be 
knowing people that Ed doesn't know um, seems <laughs> to be the biggest part of the issue. Um, so he says he's really upset because she threw the ring in a bush and says she came back. She tell, He tells his interview she came back with the ring and went to bed with no words. So he still doesn't get why this morning she's just as mad as she was last night. But apparently the most important thing for him to find out this morning is still exactly where she stands on the Kinsey scale. So and that was based on a throwaway moment of her saying um, one of the times they broke up, maybe I'm just done with men and should date women now. Oh, God. So that means, you know, he has to know as she's a lesbian because last night you – Hugged a lesbian. That seems to be the biggest thing. So he kind of starts off on a different tack and says he just doesn't like these people that she's with for reasons. Reasons like he doesn't want to have a wife that wants to have a girl's night out or hang out at a bar. That's so ridiculous. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. Yeah. But then they get into an argument about who drinks and parties more because it was – he was like, but you and you do go out, you get shit faced and you can't even, you're falling down drunk. And then she's like, but what about this time you said this thing? He's like, I don't remember that. So it seems like he also gets blackout drunk. Oh, God. So they talk about like this one time they had a, a fight the other night where he drunkenly said he'd rather have sex with his with her friend Alex. It's also the one from the photo shoot, by the way, Ew. than her. I don't. Alex is not having sex with him. I don't know why they even came up. That's not an option for him, I don't think. And another time when she was drunk and said he had a tiny dick. Mm. So, well, I mean, that wouldn't be surprising either. He claims that when he's with the right woman, he's not so insecure. So obviously, she's not the right woman. Well, it just puts the entire responsibility of his security on an, on somebody else. Like, right. Yeah. So on his own, he thinks that maybe he made a huge mistake in doing this engagement within 40, uh, 48 hours of rekindling this relationship. And that friend that said he'd be unhappy for the rest of his life may have been right. We then see him trying to garner more sympathy by kind of crying and stumbling over his words and about how he's all alone because he alienated his family to be with Liz and he alienated Liz by being a dickhead. Um, God. All right. So I guess this is my question. Um Maybe your opinion based on, you know, Ed, what Ed said here. So, um, you know, I went to a Halloween party the other day and, uh-huh. um, you know, when I left, I, I gave the host a hug goodbye and he's gay. Does that make me gay? <laughs> Probably, according to Ed. <laughs> very concerned. Well, I mean, your your girlfriend should be very concerned. Yeah, I, 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 I did admit to her that I, I have on occasion – yeah, I've, I've, I've hugged a gay man before, so, you know, she she better be careful. I'm like, keep an eye on me. I know, like, it right? was so ridiculous. Uh, yeah, all of this is so ridiculous. Um, So let's go back to what we were kind of talking about or you were kind of like implying is like, are they even together or broken up? It's really hard to say. But she has told us before, you know, that if he even hinted at a breakup, she was really ultimately done because she's not going to do this nine times you know like this is the the ninth time is like the the last time right but you know honestly i thought the real motivation of her finding this ring was not really the monetary reason it's because if she didn't go back and find the ring she knew it was over 
And I don't think mm-hmm. she really wanted to close the door on it, right? She she wanted to find the ring to have that option because she knew if she like didn't have the ring that that was not an option. You can't come back from that. Right, right. And yeah, I, it, I don't know. It just, I mean, it was comical that she was going over. Do you think production planted the ring? Like they knew where it was and they were like, oh, let's put it back in the I bush. Think, I think they knew where it was. I don't think that, you know, they did anything because I, I think like she was too drunk to be able to locate where she had the phone again. Right. I mean, she stuck the phone in the ring essentially in the same spot. So yeah. I'm sure they helped her and been like, this was the spot. This is the bush. This is the bush. This is the spot. Who knows? Maybe even production went over there with a private property sign so no one else would like go digging around in the bush. Yeah, but I feel the same way about I mean, but these two they both do it, but it's a similar thing that we get from Submit, where it's just like I don't know where we stand. And I was like, I feel like the words that were said made it very clear where you right. stand. I don't know how you don't know where you stand. Yeah. But apparently their words don't mean anything. Well, I mean, at, at least both of them were on the same page when it comes to that, because it's like they both said that. And I'm like, I thought it was pretty clear based on the footage we saw. You guys broke up with one another. You both very clearly said you were done. You, Ed, said that you couldn't possibly marry this person. Get and your you try stuff to and kick move her out. out. Yes. <laughs> that seems very clear to me. Right. It, but, I mean... <sighs> As ridiculous as it, as it gets, like, his demands are just absurd. They really are. And, I mean, it really makes you believe that everything that Liz has said about Ed being super controlling. Yes. He mm-hmm. literally said, girls night out. Nope. I don't want a bri- oh, I don't want a wife who wants to have a girls night out. That yeah. is crazy. That is ridiculous. Yeah. And I think he thought it was okay to say because I could see if he had framed it in a way that was like, I don't want to marry a party animal. Like if he had said it like that, more people would relate to him. Right. right. But that's not what he said. No, it's not what he said. Because he could have no. said, listen, I don't want to marry somebody who's going to go out every Friday night and come home right. blackout drunk. Yeah. And I mean, and Liz is saying, you know, like, well, there's nights that it doesn't come to bed until five in the morning. So it's like, yeah, that is very hypocritical of I need my wife to be waiting at home for me every night. Yeah, I need to. Well, and it's because he needs to know where she is. Like, because yeah. and that bullshit about if when I'm with the right woman, I'm not insecure. Right. Come on. That's such an asshole. The, thing but to say. the right woman is when I'm with someone who does everything I say exactly yeah. like I say it. I'll be fine. So it's not you're not insecure. It's that you need someone who just like buys in and just, you know, bends over backwards for your insecurities. That's not getting rid of them. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness. It's like these people shouldn't be together, but I know it's going to go back and forth for. You know what it is? Because they did it eight times before. Why would it change? They they just have a sine wave of relationship. Just up and down, up and down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where I think a lot of couples who kind of like, you know, plant a flag in the ground and say this is it. And it's something that can uh, if it's being filmed or something like that, that people can hold them accountable for it. Mm -hmm. I think they do stick to their guns. And then as soon as the show wraps, it's like, oh, they're back with that person. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. Well, another couple that really shouldn't be together, Kim and Usman. So Kim is defending her buying the bowl for the family, saying it's not a bribe. 
She starts to cry because the brothers are just not letting her talk. They then let her talk and say that what she did was heartfelt and it's insulting that they think it's a bribe. She says it's fine to not accept her, but she bought the cow out of love. She feels stereotyped. Usman says that Kim is accepting of him having a second wife so he can have a child, but his mom, Fatimatu, suggests that he marry a woman from his religion and someone who could give him a child first, then he can marry whoever he wants later. Fatimatu is concerned that Usman will run off to America if he keeps mixing with these Americans. She kindly rejects the marriage to Kim and politely tells him there is nothing left to talk about, so they can leave now. Kim thanks everyone and holds his hand as they leave. Usman didn't think that it would be a hard no. Kim says in the interview, what's the point, as she sheds a couple of tears. She's not going to be anybody's second wife. Usman is trying to assure Kim that they will change their family's mind. Usman does a hilarious impression of Kim saying, uh, excuse me, excuse me. Usman is trying to distract her. Kim didn't think she would necessarily have a warm reception with the family, but she also wasn't expecting it to be so hostile. Usman tries to explain to Kim that there is a culture here that they can't go against. So he brings up Kim, you know, being a second wife. And she is adamant about not being a second wife. Being first wife is important to her because she has been second priority in other relationships and she knows her worth. Usman says it doesn't matter what number she is, he just wants to be with her. Usman just wants to come up with a solution for this. He will ask to see his mom again and if she says yes, then there's hope. If she claims that there is no way, Usman is convinced that Kim will eventually accept being second wife. Usman is getting a manicure and pedicure for $3, by the way, and Kim is annoyed because they could be coming up with a plan. She says that she will not be second wife and she'd rather be single instead. Usman accuses her of never wanting to compromise. Usman is feeling disrespected because Kim wants to break up if she's not first wife. Usman says that she should be so lucky to be with him, and Kim gets mad and walks off. He thinks that she will regret it more because what is he getting from her, being with her? Not money, beauty, or kids. Kim is back in her room crying, saying she's not meeting anyone today after he said those hurtful things. Uh, Kim says she doesn't care about the blessing from his family anymore. All right, so let's start from the beginning. Do you really think that it was an act of kindness uh, if she was trying to ultimately win over the family's affection by buying the bowl? Uh, no, I, I think, honestly, I think this was Usman's fault um, mm-hmm. that this happened because I think she was like, oh, this is culturally how you do things, right? Mm-hmm. You buy them the animal, you know, they bring it in. It's expected. If you don't, it's considered rude. So it's not really an act of kindness, but it's not really a bribe either, you know, mm-hmm. like, it's just tradition. It's just tradition. Now, the tradition is a goat or a sheep. And the fact that she brought a cow was they saw as like, oh, you're just trying to do too much. Like, you know, uh, it's kind of the same reaction you get in some cultures when Americans try to tip too much. They're uh-huh. like, what? You're insulting me. You think I need your money? Like, it was this, right? Um, that kind of thing. And but like that was him. He was the one who told her to get a cow. Like, yeah. he didn't tell her to get a goat. He told her to get a cow. So I don't know. I don't know how she was supposed to handle that, but. Right, right. So, I mean, when you say it like that, yes, it seems like less of a bribe kind of situation. But I mean, ultimately, it's like 
I don't know. I, I know people don't always see like giving gifts as a bribe, but it's like when you buy gifts for kids because you're trying to win them over, that is kind of like bribing them, I feel like, you know? And, yeah. and I kind of felt like that's what this was about, too. It's like you're buying something with the hope that they will like you more because you did that. And not that, and they specifically give you something you want. Right. They, right. That's what you're trying to do. You mm-hmm. want them. What you ultimately want here, your end goal is to get their approval for this marriage. So right. I see it's definitely a fine line between were you being generous or were you bribing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. In, in terms like this, there are definitely things that are just generous. There are definitely things that are clearly bribes. But this is a, there's a gray area in between those two things. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we moved on to second wife gate and – I get what the mom was coming from. I mean, the mom, I get where the mom was coming from. Mom, mom was coming from, listen, marry and have a baby with an African girl. And then I don't care who you sleep with after that. Yeah. Whatever. Right. I don't care. Right? Yeah. And I just couldn't believe that Usman just didn't frame it as just saying, look, first and second wife doesn't mean where you live in my heart. It's just literally a timeline. Right. Yeah. Right? It's literally which one of you do I – Time-wise, get married to first. It doesn't give her any more special privileges or anything. Yeah, but here's the thing. Like, he can't go back and say that now because he has sold Kim on this polygamous marriage situation by playing up the fact that first wife is more important than second wife, right? And so – you know, I can have babies with second wife and it doesn't matter because first wife is number one in my heart. But now he's got to pivot and be like, oh, well, I got to make babies with first wife. So now you got to be second wife. So, you know, how how do you go back from that thinking when she's been originally told she's supposed to get all the affection and love being first wife? And he he just he's, he just has to play up. This is the compromise. She's first wife in name only. Mm-hmm. Right. Not real. Like You're really my first wife. I'll give you more of the affection. You know, this other one is just going to be the one that I have to actually get married to first in order to win my mom's approval. Like, yeah, not like it's not first in my heart. It's first in on, line. In line. Yeah. yeah. Like and so I don't know that that works now because right. of the way the rest of the conversation went. Sure. Um, where he called her ugly. That said, go away. Yeah, but you know she's gonna go back to him. I do know, and it's so sad that she does because we we've talked about this before, and she just isn't articulating it in a way that I want her to articulate it. That when you're talking about the sacrifices you make um, to make a relationship work, the other people you could be banging instead are not do not count. (laughs) <laughs> they do not count as a sacrifice. You cannot say I'm making bigger sacrifices because if I wasn't with you, I could have hotter women. Like that is not a sacrifice that counts. We're talking about what did you actually give up? Would you give up money? Did you move somewhere? Did you give up opportunities to be in this relationship and not opportunities to get younger titties? Like this is we got to do better than that. Yeah, it's yeah, it's so ridiculous. But we and this is why like I kind of feel like it's fake on his part is because it reminds me of the last argument they had where, yes. you know, you really thought it was going to be done. And then all of a sudden it was just like, oh, wait, we got to be in more episodes. And he like kind of perks up and like chases after her to like make things right. You know, it's like I feel like this is what's going to happen, too. It's like Kim is real stubborn. I don't think she would necessarily forgive him. Right. And mm-hmm. 
well, okay, let's put it this way. She's not going to beg him to come back. She's just not, right? She's too prideful for that. But if he, you know, begs for forgiveness, she'll accept it. Because we've seen it. I mean, he, this is not the first time he said something pretty similar to her. No, but he also very clearly actually believes what he's saying. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and sure. he the reason he picks old ladies like that is because he feels like I – have control over them because they can't do they better than me. Be so they should be, be so me. lucky to be mm-hmm. with me that I can get whatever I want from them, and they'll just be be my whatever. Just happy to be my presence. I'm, I'm also really off put by how pressed he is about his region. Right, <laughs> he gets this three dollar manicure that doesn't look like anything special except for the guys kneeling next to him instead of at a table, which makes it Uh, just seem awkward to me. But he's just like, this is special manicure. You can only get in my region, only my region. No other else does this manicure. (laughs) Only only this region of of, of Nigeria. And it's like, just like last time he was really pressed about like, I'm most famous rapper in my region. I'm very proud of that. It's like, I don't, what region are you talking about? And like, (laughs) what makes, I, I want more specifics about what makes this manicure so much better than a manicure you can get in Lagos. Like, <laughs> I don't know the price. I mean, the price was good, but. Oh, maybe like, the fact that it was a price and the guy came to him. Maybe. I just seems. I, 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 that just me. I mean, it, it, that's just the person I am is I don't like being served like that. And like, I can deal with if I was getting, you know, had to get my, if I wanted a manicure, I could get one and like have the people there sitting in a seat. They're at least comfortable. He just like. I could not be comfortable with somebody like squatting next to me as my hand is down. I'm like, do you want to like sit somewhere, dude? Like, you don't have to squat for me, man. Like, this is weird. Right. Yeah. All right. So uh, we did not hear from Libby and Andre this week. So out of the group we did see, who was your student of the week? Um, I went with Michael just for actually staying calm. Right. Mm-hmm. And and through Angela, like she blew up a bunch of times and it didn't really get her what she wanted because he stayed calm. And it did, you know, like she got up and was like, I don't care about the money, bitch. And he was just like, <laughs> chill, chill, chill. Um, And also for finally being like, maybe this isn't the best place. <laughs> maybe I don't want this for the rest <laughs> of my life. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So my student of the week, I went with uh, Jenny. Um, I appreciated that she is putting up her boundaries going, no, I am not going to meet with your parents anymore. Yeah, that was the idea that he even thought that she would want to. She's like, like, no. What world are you living in, man? Right. Have you paid attention to anything that's happened here? Right, right. And then, you know, I think just her... She's not wrong with or her thought about how he should be approaching this. You know, yeah. like you mm-hmm. have given you have made your choice. This is your choice. You need to let she's it go. Ma- and she's made her choice. Yeah. Right. Right. And, uh, you know, her pointing out that, you know, he should possibly make some sacrifices. I think she's starting to speak up more about what she really wants. Mm hmm. Yeah. So we'll yep. see because he takes forever to do any. I mean, how long did it take for them to actually get married? So oh we'll see God, if it actually forever. amounts to anything. But all right. Uh, what about your dunce? I went with Usman. Um, mm-hmm. Just that 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 bringing it up again of the this is ridiculous. She should be so lucky. You know how many hot women I'm giving up to be with you? Mm-hmm. Like as that's your way of convincing her that she should 
be your second wife. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense. Like he he also just is not letting her in on the plan. And I feel like he also set her up with a family by making her get by convincing her to get the bull. Like mm-hmm. everything that's happened badly for her in this episode was him setting it up. And then being like, well, I don't understand. Just just do what they want. This is the way it has to work. Right, right. Uh, I'm going to default and say Ed is my dunce. Uh, he was just terrible. Um, I will point out that my very uh, runner-up was going to be Jovi, uh, just because of the whole language thing, and then also like treating this like it was a vacation for him. You know, right. when it's just like, mm, there's yeah. some serious things happening right now. And, you know, just even forget serious things happening. Like, this is Yara's trip. You know, she hasn't seen her mom in years. And Jovi's acting like it's his vacation. Let's get drunk all up in here. And you know what? I'll give it to Ed. Saying the two things that they said, telling Ed, telling him he has a tiny dick, is not as bad as telling your partner that you would rather sleep with one of their friends. I know. That's so that- terrible. <laughs> That's oh the worst. What What is the end game of saying that? Right. It actually made yeah. me think of, I don't know, people are watching this and love is blind. The same kind of thing happened. Like mm-hmm. he's sitting there with his partner being like, oh, man, she is just smoking hot. I mean, just the hottest person I've ever seen here. It's like, why are you saying this to your partner? <laughs> what is the best thing that could happen? Stupid, right. All right. Uh, what about your life lesson? Uh, so this one goes, I mean, it goes out to a lot of people, but it definitely made me think of Shida. Like no matter how close you think you are to them or how much you think they're right, your partner's fam- family is going to take their side. They're going to mm. be on your partner's side. They're not going to be on your side. You're not going to convince them to do what you want. You're not going to, you know, win them over with whatever. They're they're going to be on your partner's side. And you kind of have to expect that and not like try to manipulate them into getting your partner onto your side. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, so my life lesson is geared towards Michael and Angela. Um, just the idea that Michael thinks that things are going to be different when they're in America. And I think that's pretty common of like being in somewhat of a terrible or abusive relationship. You always think, oh, things will be better after X, Y, Z happens. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is that the common denominator here is your partner, right? So it doesn't matter what situation may change um it's still going to be good or as bad as your partner is and so it's like in that if you can't handle it now it's you know being in a different environment isn't really going to change much yeah that's true yeah that's true all right so i don't know how many more episodes we have left in this um but uh, I don't know. We don't. We haven't had anything else released, right? Yeah, we don't have I want to any- say yeah, but uh, probably I think we were like think the last season had like five more episodes, okay. and then maybe a tell all. But we haven't heard. Yeah. We haven't heard any seen any previews or any any kind of indication of what's coming up next. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm still interested in some of these storylines. So I mean, mm-hmm. they've done a pretty decent job. But we'll see if they keep dragging out. Like how many? I mean, things are definitely progressing. But how many days can we stretch from this one engagement party? Yes, and that's yes. That that at least had some sort of progression. Bilal and Shida has been the same discussion every time. Yeah. Um, and so I think we're that. But I think um, next week, I think you promised us a rumor roundup. Yes. Next week. We'll I've already been next working week for the on people. it. So we'll All right, be finished good. by next week. Yeah. So All right. Until then. All right. See everybody then. Okay. Okay. Bye. Right, bye.